0: hello and welcome to the aside a podcast for drama teachers and students i'm nick waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 mama interviews these interviews have been conducted by drama victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday these 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded.
1: Hi, and here we are as part of the Drama Australia Archive Project, Mama memories and memoirs and we're here with living legend Gillian Scott and it's great to see you here today Jill
2: lovely lovely
1: to welcome you as a legend of the drama education world Um, now I know you've prepared a little introduction so would you like to present that to us as a um, as a a beginning point to your your journey Thank You Meg yes well Years and
2: years ago, when I was at school, and probably some of you were at school, although maybe the people who are watching this uh, have been fortunate to be educated when drama education was part of the curriculum. But in the olden days, it was very much an extracurriculum activity. Any teacher that could play green sleeves on the piano was in charge of the school music program. Any teacher that knew stage right from stage left was in charge of the school drama program and art was something that happened on Friday afternoon. That's in the dark old days. This is in the old days before drama teachers were invented. (laughs) Fortunately, drama teachers were invented. Fantastic. And there were colleges and courses where you could become a drama teacher. A lot of people have been into the drama world, probably my age ad hoc through English or through real theatre work, you know or a mixture of two. So when I started teaching drama in my very first job at St Aloysius in North Melbourne, a Catholic school, as the nuns told me, and because I was not of their faith. Now, someone had to take the religion classes. So I took drama throughout the school when they were doing their catechisms. Can I tell you which subject was more popular?
1: Drama. (laughs) Per
2: chance, chance. drama per chance. So I had this was in North Fitzroy. I I was saying I'd have fifty-two taught fifty-two, but I didn't. There was fifty-two in the class. Don't know how many I taught, and I looked after most of the year threes, fours, and fives for their drama and music and dance and everything else program. So that took a lot of effort. It it was the beginning. And I'll tell you this lovely story about dear old Sister Euphrasia, one of the old. She was so old, she was like the Virgin Mary. Her skin was transparent. <laughs> and she really wanted to go and see the sound of music because yeah. it had just come out. It shows you how long it was. And then the nuns were all going in, in about two weeks' time. And she came to me the day before, and she said, I've decided I'm not going, dear. I'm saying, why are you looking forward to it? No, no, my niece, she's, she's very ill with cancer. She's very ill with cancer, and I'm going to offer it up as a gift by not going. I, mean, I just thought she was crazy. Anyway, to compensate the year, most of the year, grade 3s and 4s, in their lunchtimes and after school and in catechism, we did The Sound of Music, kind of. <laughs> a, version. A, a a very loose version <laughs> and towards the end of the year we did it on the steps, the stone steps and one part I remember particularly, because the Italian kids can all sing and dance and they were fabulous at it and we did that do, re, mi, mi, fa, do, do, do and Sister Hugh Fraser came and one of the nuns and they came and some of the parents and they clapped and they clapped and they clapped and she said oh my dear it was grand it was grand Subsequently, in school holidays, something happened, and they all went to see The Sound of Music again. And she was saying, oh, I loved it dear. It was great. The mountains, and the nuns, and the church singing. But those kids, they weren't to patch. They weren't to patch on your kids. (laughs) They weren't to patch on our kids. (laughs) Julie Andrews, eat your heart out.
1: You felt completely affirmed, didn't you? Absolutely
2: completely affirmed.
1: Oh, so that's your first drama teaching experience in that school. Where
2: did you go after that? I went overseas and that's when I started a, well, did some professional work. We won't talk about that. I joined a theatre company called Padella, which was built as a variety Spectacular There was lots of variety, but I don't know how well. (laughs) It was spectacular. (laughs) And I got the job as a dancer, but they found out that I could act, so I did a bit of acting. Anyway, moved back to Australia when I came back. My first job after having my children was at sacre Coeur in Glen Iris. Mm -hmm. And there I launched into a group of fabulous outdoor productions because the gardens of sacre Coeur. More, perhaps twenty years ago, was spectacular. Mm. Big old convent school, and I'll show you one of the pictures in the gardens. This was a lit, This is outside and lit from behind. That was Alice in Wonderland. I don't know. Wow. That'll look really good. And this is a particularly interesting picture because it's the dancing flowers. Oh, from and if you look at the. Lady in white, who was one of my naughtiest Year 10 drama students, Claire Johns, who is now a drama teacher A drama teacher at Caulfield or Shelford and then... Shelford. Shelford. And when we were practising for that, we found some totos some tutus. And she was messing around with them. She said, Miss Scott, we'll put them on our heads, because normally you put them around your waist, which is silly. Because flowers, the bloom is up here, the petals. So I said, yes, on your heads. And she said, I'm not wearing that on my head. I said, you are. Who's teacher? Mm. Who's kid? So (laughs) subsequently, Claire went on and became a a very, well, excellent, excellent drama teacher. Yes, indeed. Very, very well regarded. A few more pictures from Alice in Wonderland, if that's interesting. What year would this be? Oh, 96, I think. Mm -hmm. Claire was in year, year 10. That's an outdoor production, and somewhere we managed to get that huge cup and saucer. That's on the oval on what was the utility store where they kept all the hockey sticks and the trampolines and the things, and we covered it up, and we made it sort
1: of like the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. So that's a. That's a really lovely picture. That's a, um, a large, that's a, a big, big, big production. Was, that, was this oh, a whole school production for Sacre Coeur? Yeah, 10, 11, and 12. Okay. Yes. Wow. It was great. So after, um, after Sacre Coeur, where did you go? Lauriston, mm-hmm. which is another girls' school, another with the Catholic faith. And yeah, not with the
2: Catholic school. Mm. Just another couple of things I wanted to mention about SAC. That's when we did a lot of work with De La Salle Boys' School. Okay. And here's a picture of my two students that did very well. They are in the finals of the Shakespeare Globe oh, Schools Festival yes. for many years. That is um, Tamey of the Shrew, that you're not supposed to wear costumes. It was about the acting. And that young man is John Bailey, oh, who's now arts writer for the age. Arts writer for arts the, age. Writer to the age, the Sunday age in particular. So I'm going to email him tonight and said, I've used your name and your photo <laughs> without asking permission. Wow. But I've, I've been in contact with him. Lovely, lovely, lovely person. The other person that I had some contact with, I know you shouldn't talk about your famous people, but Claire um, Rosemary Johns, who wrote, was a, one written, of my student yes, teachers. She's written quite yes. a few plays. Yes, she, yeah. was, uh, she wrote, uh, Carrying Through Stray. the and Strays, which is mm. on the VC list this year. And she came over as a mature student from England and she was in a, well, she had done and she was doing a, finished a master's, so she did some teacher training with me. So I've kept in contact with her, so that's been fun. Um, The other person is Pia Miranda, who's quite a well-known actor now, and Rachel Denise. She's been in lots of bits and pieces. But someone I'm really proud of is someone called Mark Sheedy, who was at De De La Salle. And it's really hard, as any drama teacher knows, balancing the music program with the sports program and the mm-hmm. drama program. Because the good kids are in it all. Yeah, they are. you push and pull. Absolutely. Mm. Anyway, Mark Sheedy, who's Kevin Sheedy's nephew, not mm-hmm. his son, mm-hmm. won the year 12 prize for sport, mainly football. And drama. Yay. <laughs> so he combined the two when I was really proud because he was in my Caucasian chalk circle. He was Azdak, He was a big bloke. I mean, he's a shady. So he's a big bloke and he was a terrific azdak So that was a, a nice little thing to keep in mind. And also in that production, I had three special needs kids. And being Brecht, I thought Breck would approve. So when it came to the wedding centre, mm-hmm. the, the disabled kids were able to give out the... the the food and they were able to sweep and there was quite a few things that we got these quite severely disabled kids to do so that was a a nice thing and it was lovely for the 10s and 11s because they were very
1: um very accepting and their parents loved all that so a nice shift in thinking how you know theater and drama can shift the way that inclusiveness absolutely notion of inclusiveness Yeah. yeah So, I'm just going to ask you, Jill, you went from Lauriston, you went into, then you went to Lauriston. Did you go to Xavier as well? Yes, I had a year,
2: well, it wasn't actually a year in exchange, but it was a year at when I finished at Sacre Coeur. I was looking for a change. I'll be honest, I'd turned 50 and I'd been there 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I thought, in those days, do they employ people over 50? And once you're there a long time, it's like... Oh. So I went to Xavier and I had a great year. I was working with, not much with Peter Robert, but with Tony Corr. And Mm -hmm. I loved being at Xavier. I loved the robustness of the place.
1: Yeah. And Boys, are are boys, did you find boys different to girls when you were a drama teacher? Do you have to employ different types of of content and pedagogy and stuff, do you think?
2: Yes, you do. They more activity. I have two yeah. sons myself so I really enjoyed teaching teenage girls or teaching girls and coming home to boys but the boys is a, a lot more physical activity a mm. lot more let's do it Yeah. and the challenge is don't touch. Yeah. Vocal and action but because you know anyone who's taught boys will know that temptation is to do it, it'll turn into a wrestle so the challenge for them is to contain their yeah. action and their emotion and their
1: Drama mm. within their body. Mm. Great. What's changed, do you think, from when you first started teaching at um, St. Aloysius? St. Aloysius. And to more recently, when you when you think about what drama e- education is now, has much changed, or do you feel that it's there's many things that are the same? I think the burden on teachers is extraordinary. With with the admin, mm. the
2: stuff you have to report on. The stuff you have to write down the stuff you've got to document it's it's really quite mad mm-hmm. i tell you about one of the things i can't bear is having to fill in a um what is it a risk assessment taking a group of year 12 girls to the victorian arts center to mtc what can happen the arch tower could collapse.
1: Mm, it
2: could. I remember we went to see um, Streetcar Known's Desire and I thought maybe the worst thing could happen they could come back with really bad southern American accents.
1: <laughs> did you write that on the form? I did. I would. Yes. I
2: mean it is quite nonsensical. Most of the girls are 18 and it is hard enough for teachers and particularly country teachers to get kids out of school. Out of school my god. Uh, and you have... I mean, it's so much work. You know yourself, it's easy to stay home and teach. Mm. But I really admire those teachers that make... And the teachers that take kids on camps, mm. music camps and theatre camps, and the, kids that take, the teachers that take them to the Adelaide Festival, good on them because yeah. we are tying our kids in knots. I have since met a lot of these kids, these Sacré-Cœur kids, mm-hmm. at their 21sts and places like that, and they've told me about what they did... When, you know, during interval and at rehearsals, because the sacre coe gardens are huge, they climbed up into the belfry. You said, "La la la la." Yeah. No, this is this is. This is much,
1: yeah, no, it was, years
2: later. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Years later, and they clearly had all survived. <laughs>
1: I know. So I guess but what you're pointing to, too, is the importance of, of giving, in drama education, the importance of having really strong, powerful theatre experiences.
2: Too. Yeah, absolutely. And taking them, it's like doing mm. it outside. Of course it's going to rain. Of course it's going to be wet, perhaps. And every jet, I didn't know how many jets flew over Glen Iris. But many. 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 So, but they, they come back and they say to Miss Scott, do you remember when we did Alice in Wonderland? Or do you remember when we did Peter Pan? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so, do you remember when we did this? Mm. And then it was one of them. So, and again, as I, I used to say to parent-teacher parent teacher interviews, what happens is that, do you put the geography department up on display, or the history department? But every drama production is, as are we as good as the school down the road? Are we as good as the government school, the other private school? Good as last year? Mm. yeah. Constantly, we are being judged by our peers and each other. And often, of course, as we all know, drama is used as part of the school's marketing. Yes. It's, it's their marketing tool. And you'll have maths teachers who'll come up to you and say, oh, have you got my seat, Jill? And I'll say, oh, I think it's there. Afterwards, oh, that was great. What are you doing next year? No concept of, of the work involved. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's, is that something that you think is is still a struggle for drama teachers oh, and drama educators? More and more, and more. more, and trying more to commu- marketing. Mu- to commu- and also to communicate the amount of effort and energy required to actually make those things happen. And I think one of the good things about drama, Vic, is that
2: there is still the emphasis on the process and not the product. Yeah. Yeah. But schools, and shall I say private schools, that's mainly my experience, it's product. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's not process, so mm-hmm. you have that constant battle yep. of it. But as a drama educator, yeah. the process—I'm sure you saw some great, great learning going on. Absolutely. in that Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I remember once one kid in in um, in Peter Pan, his parents—it was you know a timid little boy—and he just absolutely bossed them. And his parents came at interval and and said, "Where's Simon?" Uh, and I said, oh, "Oh, he's backstage." I said, "What happened? Can we speak to him?" And I said. Well, no, you can't, mm-hmm, you can't go mm-hmm. back and talk to him. And they said, "So what happened? Why didn't he do it?" And I said, "What?" Well, he said, "You got someone else to do his role tonight." And I said, "No." And they, he said, "Well, who was on stage?" I said, "Simon, your son." And they said, "No, he, he wasn't the part. You know, it wasn't. I forget which part he was." They said, "That couldn't have been Simon." I said, Sim- "Simply transformed." Wow. Yeah, and I've done some work with uh, adults because I, I adjudicate the Heidelberg Theatre Company and I've directed adults, and between the dress rehearsal and the final performance, adults will improve forty percent. Kids, students will will improve seventy percent. It's like you are watching a different group of kids. You think, mm. where did they pull that from?
1: Yeah. And it resonates I mean, yeah. forever, doesn't where it? Where did you, where yeah. did they pull that from? Yeah, it's transformative. Absolutely, they yeah. just learn so much, yeah, so quickly. Yeah, that's that's the power. Um, I'm conscious of of time, so let's 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 ask another little question. You've had some association with uh, drama Victoria over the years. Yes. What's the, what's that been about, Jill? Well, How did you get involved in that?
2: Because um, I needed help. I, I thought, oh, am I the only school where where there's no equipment and and they have to clear away everything and then they can cancel drama because it's something or other this. So Mm -hmm. that's how I started getting involved. I went to the conferences. I went to the first one was Canberra, Mm -hmm. then Adelaide, then Brisbane, and that was the international one. That was fabulous, that international. Brisbane was alive and buzzing and we met so many fabulous people. Then, Then one in Melbourne and then I went to Hong Kong and I presented a piece at Hong Kong. And that was when I was at Lauriston. And I'd got the Lauriston girls to do a Chinese version of Little Red Riding Hood in kimonos. And it was meant to be sort of like a kabuki version, which is Japanese rather than Chinese. But they were very contained and very beautiful because the idea of kabuki theater is that you can take a photo at any moment, and it's, it's beautifully capsule, composed. Yeah. So these girls were year 10 and pretty good at Chinese. So they did it in Chinese and we filmed it and we took that to the conference in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know anything about it and someone said to someone at Lauriston, oh yes, we knew about Lauriston because our daughter went to a conference or someone went to a conference and saw this tape of... Yeah. Of uh, It's called The Small Crimson Parasol. Oh, lovely. The Small Crimson Parasol was the story. And, and she ate seaweed cakes and pickled eggs. <laughs> and she, that's what she took in her basket to Grandma's to Grandma. house. house. Yeah. And they went through the bang, bamboo forest. And they had to be careful of Zing Zing the Tiger. It's a beautiful play if anyone gets hold of it. It's hanging about. From Middle Primary up, lovely. Yeah. So it's The Small Crimson Parasol.
1: So, so suddenly that was um, D- Drama Victoria, Drama Australia and IDEA, those three levels of, of membership for our family, yes. as Peter called it before, offer amazing, amazing opportunities. Yes. Yeah, and that, that whole notion of knowing that there's a world stage, that people around the world are doing what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, What about you've brought some lovely photographs of your time as a as a drama educator. What else have you got hiding around the house? And and I know you've mentioned before that some things have been left at various places. But what have you got that you couldn't let go of? That's really important in terms of I know books or magazines or artifacts or stuff from particular productions that you've done. Um, I have a very
2: old very old um, sort of jug but like an off-ocean ewer yes. that I have used in almost every production. It's got to the point now that you can always use it. Can be, It can be Shakespearean, it can be modern, it can mm-hmm. be whatever. And I've also got some lovely old pewter uh, mugs mm-hmm. that have been trotted out for every single play. And I bought, and I bought with my own money, a lovely sort of carved black bentwood chair, but not quite bentwood. Again, it can be in any era. Okay. It's just the right size and shape. It photographs beautifully, it moves around. So that's set pieces. You don't need a lot, less is more. Yeah, but they really strongly suggest things. Yeah, wrongly. yeah, lovely. And they're they're nice and heavy for the students to work with. Mm. Oh, the other thing I'd say to kids, work in your costume, Work in your costume, not just the day before, the week before, because you know when you work professionally, when you're dancing, you have to work in your costume mm, and your
1: shoes,
2: shoes, and the particularly your shoes and a headdress. You know we've all seen disasters where kids have put the headdress on for the first time or the shoes on for the first time, and they
1: clearly can't move.
2: Clearly can't move, and it, it <laughs> hinders their performance.
1: Yeah.
2: And what I like about the drama family is using Peter's words is how collegial people are Mm. Mm. and you can always ring up and I don't think they maybe I don't know what uh, maybe the English department or other departments are more sort of protective of their own environment we go oh god yes oh yes my head's like that too oh god a lot of rubbish did you see what we have to do now oh so there's you can always ring up and say oh you know I lost some space again and of course exams oh exams. Come can't make a noise, the exams are on. <laughs> From about mid-October for the rest of the year and it used to be June, half of June as well mm-hmm. because somehow the drama department always makes noise. Yes. Well. When I come back, I'm coming back as a math teacher because <laughs> they sit quietly, they don't get out of their desks and at the end of the day
1: the answers are in the back of the book. I know, I want one of those. Yes, I, I, I did watch a maths class a couple of months ago and I went, oh, that's right, they use textbooks. Um, any advice you would have for graduates and pre-service teachers now who are now just starting out in their career? Is there any wisdom? Maintain your energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maintain
2: your energy because it is the hardest work. You end up pushing things climbing on things setting up your own set because by the time you wait for someone to help you it's easier to do it yourself mm-hmm. so maintain your energy uh, i hope i can say this don't take any bullshit from the music department or the sports department <laughs> don't know how. that's that's easier as you get older yes it is yes and um just remember that every drama class it's the one thing that kids come to school for these really naughty kids that come Got drama period five! Oh, and I'd
1: go, I know. Oh, Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's the reason they come to school, because yeah. it's drama period five. Yeah. And it doesn't, it resonates, and I'm sure with lots of your ex students, the ones you were talking about before the 21st, and they have those really strong mm. memories from school that are really focused yeah. on the drama education part of it and not at the maths class or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, I know. I've had, I've got a, a few students who are living in the states, and on Facebook they have this thing where they go, "Oh, I remember when we did blah blah," and and they've still got this really strong memory of those times and those because it's. Um, would you Would you agree, Jill, that it, it's quite a, it becomes a really strong bonding. You build really strong relationships through the drama that oh, we do. Yes, I saw one of my students today at the Hawthorne Aquatic Centre. She was depositing her four
2: year old at the occasional care, and I was there doing some aqua aerobics. And she was tw- And she was my. I hope. I don't think I have a picture of this. She was my um, Marie Antoinette in we did um, 1788, the French Revolution. She was fabulous in that. And she she still says, oh, my best moments when I was Marie Antoinette.
1: And <laughs> now she's got a four-year-old.
2: Yeah, no, she's got four- and a baby. And a- so oh, let them eat
1: cake. She said, where's the cake? <laughs> That's fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to share, Jill, about your time um, as a drama educator?
2: Not really. I, at Loriston I did get involved with the IB, and that's interesting. And mm-hmm. it's interesting combining the IB with the VCE, because some schools do that. And st- theatre studies combines very well with theatre arts. Mm-hmm. The school, as we did stupidly for a year that go for drama, It's not quite as Mm -hmm. good a mix, but Mm -hmm. you can combine theatre
1: arts and IB in in the same class. It's tricky, but you can do it. So there's that impact of curriculum, and Peter and I were talking about this and saying how as soon as 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 we began to introduce high-stakes assessment and external examinations, it did shift the way we taught Mm. quite strongly. Um, I think you know th- things like IB and VC began to affect uh, you know what was happening down in Year 10 and Year 9 we sort of tend to teach towards that top end. Would you say that's a, a fairly, tr- is that a tr- true? True and I think it's quite a good way to go
2: because we need to give them the language. In every other subject, they get the language. And one of the new things I'm I'm enjoying now is the uh, design section of the VCE, Mm -hmm. because the kids would talk to me about their costumes, and they'd say, oh, I'm getting some material. i say, what, glass? Wood? Um, Aluminium? No, no, you material. I said, no. Do you mean fabric? Oh, yes, fabric. And we're having a long skirt. What long? Floor length, ballerina length. Dance length, what are the sleeves like? Get them to talk about, you know, A-line or a peplin or what... To get them to use the right terminology, as mm. those kids are beginning to do now in the mm. design kids, mm. we see some fabulous stuff, and that's part of it. Mm. The chances of the kids becoming actors professionally and living from it probably haven't changed in 20 years. Yep. The chances of them being involved in the arts, in arts admin in design, in in lighting, in media has tripled. Mm. Mm. So that's where they probably, if they're still keen to act, do your acting, but do a design course or get your computer skills up or do some media training or put another string to your bow. Yeah. Yeah. I often quote, at the Sydney Olympic Games for the two opening nights, there are more arts people involved than athletes. Mm. It's true. Yeah. One of my favourite kids was stage managing that. She, well, she was one of my sacro cur students and then ended up, you know, going to one year to Box Hill and then to NIDA and Mm -hmm. doing the stage managing Mm -hmm. course and then went to, she was working there and then she's been overseas. I used to think there should be some clause in that. I will come back and help my old drama teacher one day for nothing when
1: she needs me. Yes, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Jill. It's been great hearing all about your memories. Great, thank you for bringing in the photographs and um, for being a legend. Thank you, Meg. Well, thank you for the opportunity of,
2: of talking to you. I hope I haven't gabbled on too much. I think drama that's the point. Drama teachers never <laughs> short of something to say. Thank you.
0: Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the Aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.